So how do you attract new business so you constantly don't have to chase it? Hi, I'm Mike Cuevas, the Real Estate Marketing Dude, and this podcast is all about building a strong personal brand people have come to know, like, trust, and most importantly, refer. But remember, it is not their job to remember what you do for a living, it's your job to remind them. Let's get started. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Real Estate Marketing Dude Podcast. Folks, we are back um, round two from our podcast from last week. If you tuned on in, uh, we got a lot of questions. I'm like, all right, at the end of that show, we're going to have Dustin back. And what we're going to do is go through how he actually markets uh, motivated sellers. Uh, what we did last week, if you missed that episode, was um, we went through sort of how we're um, competing against uh, interruption, iBuyers, just creating a better overall offering for people. Uh, for sellers mainly in uh, offering multiple options. So if you did not hear that um, episode, go back and make sure you listen to that because it will be relevant to today's episode. We just tried to do, uh, break them up in two ways so that you guys can get it. So without further ado, we do have Dustin back from last week. If you guys weren't on that episode, Dustin, why don't you go ahead and introduce everybody uh, real switching, briefly who you are? Yeah, you're switching, all switching kinds of cameras. cameras back, monitor to monitor. I got this big, amazing monitor over here, but it's better if I just focus on you guys today, right? And so, uh, yeah, my name is Dustin. I don't remember what you asked me because I was working on that monitor. What can I just say? Hello to everybody. Uh, that's hey, it. <laughs> hey, Dustin DeFreitas. I'm a real estate investor. I own a brokerage and I've been a realtor for a very, very long time. And I basically use, have used a cash offer to build a real estate brokerage, a property management company and a real estate portfolio. And, and we use, 1031 exchanges and reverse 1031 exchanges to fix houses inside of our portfolio. So my job has always been to drive down my cost per contract acquisition. And, and so I guess there's my intro. So and where we ended last week, um, we were talking about a cash offer um, as one of your multiple options that you offer. I mean, one of the things we have to have in place right now is having that instant cash offer. That's what people, uh, respond to, but that's what the competition has right now. Every iBuyer in the marketplace has an instant cash offer. Most brokerages have adapted an instant cash offer. I talked to someone on the phone today. EXP has a cash offer. Keller Williams has a cash offer. And the question is, is why do they have all these cash offers? Well, folks, we have to compete. What we want to chat about now is not whether or not though you have a cash offer, but why you want one, especially if you're going to use it to generate motivated seller leads. So what I'd like to do, Dustin, is start at the beginning here and bring everybody uh, into the um very, very beginning of this. And if you're going to lead generate, like you're going to go out there and prospect and you want to go after motivated sellers, um, just copy what the investors do. Copy what guys like Dustin does. He doesn't, do you go out and farm an area or do you put your message in front of like very targeted um, lists? Well, you know, I, I've done every iteration that you can imagine when, when we talk about marketing to motivated sellers. But right now, because there's a lot of people um, it, it, we're going after the people that are extraordinarily distressed because sellers feel like their shit doesn't stink as, as you like to say. Right. And so uh, we are going after the people that we know with absolute certainty are going to sell. And we put a lot of effort into, we put a lot of money, time, effort, and resources into communicating our offer to those specific people with a specific message. But like to answer your question a little bit more broadly, I've, I've sent door knockers throughout thousands of houses and neighborhoods because I had an interest in buying houses in that neighborhood. And I've sent out, uh, you know, I used to send out 5,000 mailers a month minimum um, in order to generate these, you know, motivated sellers that 
would prefer to communicate on some older channels than most of us would, you know, their email, they don't know what that email or is, you know? Yep. Well, cash offers guys. The only thing that's gonna make your phone ring. That's right. Why is that Dustin? Well, because, uh, there are problems in selling a house, right? It's just a pain in the ass to sell a house no matter what. And you got kids and you got school and you got moving and you got, so uh, where are you going to go? And then you got money and, and money is a problem, you know? And so that's what these disruptors are doing. And that's what I've been doing in Arizona since 2003. I use my money. I use a checkbook to be able to say, Hey, I will solve this problem for you. And, and the homeowner is like, ha. Ah. And, and the homeowner is like, how much is it going to cost me? And then I go into my pitch of why it's going to cost this amount of money for me to solve their convenience issues, right? I don't have the capability to get another mortgage and buy another house. And, and, and you know, especially in today's market where this hyper-competitive craziness. So Dustin's that's what the cash offer does, retail. You're not going after retail sellers. He's going after a specific type. We're going to talk about the data part in a second. And I'll, know, I'll okay. mention what I mean by that. But um, your cash offers the only thing to make the phone ring. It's an intent. So like when you market out, buy your house in cash, some people, if they have, it makes a lot of sense. Anyone who's thinking about selling their house is probably going to raise their hand. They're one, at least more likely to raise their hand than those who don't. Like if you're not thinking about selling your house at all, you're not going to sit there and say, yeah, let's go get a cash offer. But if you yeah. are sell, thinking about selling your house, you might entertain it, especially if you're six months out, three months out, you just might want to see what the hell it is. So you got to keep your marketing very specific. You got to put that offer in front of um, a very uh, motivated audience. We're going to talk about that next, but the main reason for having a cash offer is you have to have one, I believe, for lead generation. Every investor offer has a cash offer. That's what they're offering to buy. And that is, it has been proven and tried uh, time and time again. So like, don't mess up the wheel. We're not doing anything new here. Is it cash offer new, Dustin? No, no. It's since the beginning of history. I bet their castles were exchanged in, in you know, bullion or gold offer or cash. Yeah. Yeah. That's the only thing we're doing is embracing the investor market though, versus fighting it like tr realtors traditionally um, do. So um, it's not rocket science. We talked about it in another pod in last round, right? So if you either have the need, like if a homeowner needs to sell because they're going to move to Ohio, there's an absolute need and you're not going to be able to predict that. So we have data that predicts people that have real needs, but then if you have an offer, then you're attracting, right? And Mike, you have a software called Attractor, right? And so that offer is attracting the people to you. And so we, we call it middle of funnel to top of funnel leads when, when they're ready to talk to somebody about a cash offer, but not a realtor. That's a scary word, right? So when they're ready to talk about a cash offer, they'll go and, and say, yeah, I'd like to see what a cash offer would look like because that would be instantaneous and easy. And I understand. And then at least I have a baseline. And that's what we're talking about here, Mike, is we're, we're talking about using the cash offer to get people just to raise their hand and start that conversation. It's very simple. Um, hey, I want to buy your house. People understand that. It's quick. It's fast. All right. So let's talk about who we're putting it in front of. Um, da da Dustin's a data nerd, ultimately. Um, Dustin, we're not just putting, I, I alluded to this earlier, we're not just putting in front of a bunch of strangers. We're putting in front of people who most likely uh, have signals that they're going to be selling their house. So why don't you walk us through um, who we're targeting? Who do you like to target and why? And walk us through different elements of that. I have so much fun with this, Mike. You got you, you guys listening on the podcast. You're not seeing my shit grin right here, you know. So this is my sweet spot. And so we have we're excited about our our um, the new tax laws that are coming through. Not because we're I have a portfolio of single family homes. It's terrible what the government is considering doing to capital gains and 1031 changes. Right? Terrible, terrible business. But 
that is a threat that is live on, on the radar. And when you bought a house in 2010, I bought a hundred of them. When you bought a house in 2010 and you have at least a hundred thousand dollars worth of equity on every single house. And now you have the chance to go from 20, if you made a hundred thousand dollars selling the house and you're in the capital gains of 20%, right? $20,000. Biden's talking about doubling the capital gains to $40,000 of expenses, right? So before December, I'm contemplating whether or not I should sell my house. So what you're saying, Mike, is that the cash offer is, is the driving force, but guess what? There's already people that are thinking about selling no matter what. So you're just trying to attract them to the convenience, right? So when we're, if we're going to talk about data right now, our three favorite data points are um, landlords that, that are typically in, I'm not going to say distress because that wouldn't be the right word, but they have, um, you know, uh, issues outside of their mortgage. Like you have a mortgage on a house. That doesn't mean I have any distress, but if I have high credit card debt or if I'm out looking for money on the internets, right. And that's kind of the wink and nod here, guys, is that we know who's out there looking for money on the internet. And then we're layering that data on top of our data across the United States of America. And then bing, somebody is, is probably more likely to interact with that cash offer because they could see the finish line of their hard earned work, especially for landlords that bought in 2010 or, or anywhere dealing with tenants. You know? So, so we're not, he's not farming guys. He's getting a list of people. He knows they own a property he knows that they're circumstantially more likely to sell than others. Um, and that's why it have to marketing and advertising is really easy. You have to have an offer and you have to put it in front of the right people. That's like basic common sense, right? So if you're going to go out there and try to lead gen um, motivated sellers, you got to start with the targeting. I mean, that's the most effective offer of anything. Now, what kind of data do we need though? Um, what kind of data do we need? And I know we'll go through each of the channels and all of that, but overall you're saying absentee owners is one. What's the number two? So there's, there's three major categories of people that need to sell their house. So if I made this simpler, it would be absentee owners, owner occupants, and people that have passed away or emergency sales, you know, brains degrade, whatever it might be. So like, let's say, let's say, um, you know, probate obituary is bucket number one. Um, owner occupant that are just transitioning through life up or down, left or right. Right. And then, and then absentees. So each one of those different categories have variations of distress and motivation. So I have a business here in Arizona where we don't track probates because by the time it gets to probate, it's too late. Right. You don't, there's, there's no reason because they've already hired an attorney. The attorney always is already best friends with a realtor. There's there. It's almost like there's a backdoor deal happening and there's no way you're going to be able to crank that thing open unless there's a hole somewhere. Right. And, and trust me, we find holes all the time. So it's not that you don't go after probate, but we try to catch probate before it's probate, right? There's there's um, there's death record indexes out there, and there's there's data sets that you can buy. There's you can call GeoPoint data. You can you can purchase information about where these people are in their life cycle, and and that's what we're talking about here. So the three categories: absentee owners, owner occupants that are moving in and out of life transitions, and then people that have passed. And you have to have the data. But that's not enough. You have to have the offer on top of the data that solves their problem, which is what we're here to talk about today. Makes sense. So let's talk about the channel. So step one, um, you need a cash buyer. Uh, that's why we use them. Um, but in a small percentage of deals, they're going to work for the cash buyer. One of the best things about cash buyers, you guys, is that 
um, if you're acquiring the listings or the acquisition form, you should get the listing on the resale if they're a flipper, you know, not everyone's going to buy and flip or some guys are going to buy and hold and all, all the above, but um, that's always a lucrative business model. Um, next is uh, let's go through the different channels of how you would market this. The offer is I will buy your house. Okay. We don't have to go through the ins and outs of all the different marketing pieces. Let's talk about the channels though, um, because the offer is really simple. I'm interested in buying your house. Now let's talk about how Dustin gets that offer to people very um, simply. Um, let's start with, I don't know, direct mail. Yeah. Well, direct mail. Why with- does every investor or rehabber use direct mail still? We'll start by start with inbound outbound leads, right? So if you're yeah, if you're enough. passively marketing to somebody, then then people are going to engage with you because they see the offer at the right time for the right reason. Like that's completely different uh, from the active engagement, right? So when we know about a motivation level or we know why we're going to communicate with this person, then 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 we're going to ch- pick a channel, right? And so. What we try to do, it depends on a budget for everybody. You know, it's just because I have a portfolio of single family homes doesn't mean I don't have a butt of marketing from uh, from every single level you could imagine. So, so if you're going to market in the mail channel, you can make an assumption that you can afford anywhere between 50 cents to a dollar per piece times the number of people within that data set times the number of people that you should touch them, right? And so, I mean, Mike, you know, mailers better than anybody. Dustin just spit out a mathematical uh, formula out to you. Basically what he said, for those of you guys that didn't follow that, is that he has a, um, he has it down to a science where he knows if he's going to use a channel, how much it'll cost him to get a contract based on his experience. Yes. Um, And basically what he does. So, but you use several channels and. um, Yeah. So, okay. Talk talk to us about, yeah. Talk to us more about the multitude of channels and then we'll go into the ones you're using. So, um, so there's Justin- outbound calls, there's SMS, there's cold email, there's mailers, there's door knocking, there's Facebook, Instagram, pay-per-click and a couple other ninja things that aren't worth talking about. So imagine having this offer is what you're saying to have this offer through all those channels in front of the same people. So like when you're being omnipresent, you're not so much like putting an offer and just like just using direct mail or just using text. You got to over layer a lot of this stuff. And why is that important? And uh, he referred to it as like omnipresent, be omnipresent, be everywhere with your offer. Like you want to buy yeah. their house, but be in their freaking bathroom, be on their cell phone, be, be calling them, be on their Facebook feed, be on their IG feed, like be everywhere. So they see you um, talk to us about that. Well, so in the in the roaring twenties, I think the marketing rule of seven is that right? What was the market seven touches in the roaring twenties? So let's go with that being the correct number. But but we're doing calculations now where we're looking for C four touches in order to communicate with a homeowner, right? Because that's what it's going to take to get above the crowd of the audience. Now that sounds crazy when you think about it from mailers, right? Sixty four mailers times fifty cents a piece. That's thirty two dollars per attempt. Right. And so we keep talking about cost per contract. That's what we're talking about is like, how much does it cost to, to how much are you going to spend to generate a lead and how many leads is it going to take to create a contract? And so when we're talking about 64 touches, we might have social media where we're pumping money into impressions and those impressions aren't costing us very much money, but we're branding uh, I brand um, an, an offer here in Arizona, a cash offer, and your customer base has cash offers that they're branding, right? So we're, we're branding that. We're getting those touches over and over and over and over through the various channels. So I don't know if I answer your question, but we would actively, we're using um, Facebook, Instagram, SMS, outbound calls, uh, mailers, at last case, Hail Mary, um, 
and we just we do a fair amount of door knocking. So let's start with um, let's start with um, SMS. Yeah, uh, there's a couple yeah. of rules for SMS. I understand. SMS. Uh, is this is text. Guys. Yep. Yeah, SMS is an outbound uh, text message. It's cold. It's just like getting an email that was never invited. We're all realtors, right? So you ever get an email that you didn't want? <laughs> <laughs> so um, this is spam. And so if, if you're willing to um, send out spam messaging in a channel that people can get angry with you, then SMS is a viable platform. So we are sending out SMS and, and we have a brand um, that, that people are getting angry with on a day in day out basis. And then we have to fight that anger. We have a, what uh, my attorney has delivered as a legal channel to communicate with a home seller. Making a cash offer is not a solicitation. We're making a cash offer according to my attorney. So let me make a big preface. I'm not an attorney. I'm not giving legal advice. You can go to my website and, and I'll be able to give you TCPA compliant information. But right now my attorney says that this channel is legal. Um, we're able to make a cash offer to these homeowners and uh, uh, we may send out a lot of text messages. So that. Nope. Channel. Go ahead. And with tax, you're going to get a couple of fuck offs. How'd you get my number? How'd you get that? But uh, what do you got? But what else are you seeing? I'm like, you're all, it's a numbers game. You guys just like anything else is. Um, it's a numbers game. And so, so back in the day, I mean, we, we, back in the day, we were saying text messages in Arizona, everybody just be like, Oh yeah, that sounds great. And then our cost per contract acquisition was damn near nothing. Right. SMS as a channel in Arizona specifically is not working as well as it used to, but we launched a campaign two days ago in Oregon. It's, it's doing amazing, you know, and we launched a campaign in Indianapolis. It's doing amazing. And this isn't me. These are customers that are, that are all ripping data pieces back to me and saying what is and is not working. And, and, and I guess that's what we're here for, right? So that's the there, SMS and there isn't channel. A, and yeah, then there isn't. You're just trying to get a conversation started at the end of the, at yeah. the end of the day. Um, let's walk through um, um, next. Let's do through cold calling. Um, I hate cold calling. Um, I could never do it. Um, I used to throw cold calling under the bus, except for this method. Like I hate cold calling expireds and fizbos. Like I just think that's so yeah. tired and dated. Yeah. You know what that's I mean? Like it just rough. Like like it's. I personally couldn't do it. Like if you could get an appointment center for you, great. But um, you're also like over layering the cold calls to the people that are also seeing your marketing. And they're more of like, Hey, I've been trying to reach you. Have you seen my marketing? And uh, there's a really right. good training. I watch it. We have it in the, um, in our course in the listing advocate course, yeah. but Dustin goes through there with um, um, one of your, um, one of your guys. He's the CEO of my call center. Yeah. He's, yeah, he's, he's the guy he, in charge. He walks you through it, sort of how it works, but it's actually very simple. Everyone is looking for this magical, script all the time and really what this is is persistence right you're calling people up and you know you're already mailing them or you're already seeing they're seeing you through other channels so when you're following up he i like how he positioned it he was really just more like hey i don't know if you've been getting my messages i've been trying to reach you i'm really interested in buying your house um real person blah 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 and it's very human feeling 100 and so mike we can we can switch back over to sms we're doing the same thing in that channel right uh don't be the asshole sending out a text message and then robotic response, bah, 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 bah. you know? So like we're trying to figure out ways to connect with humans. We, we know a couple of these pain points because we're, we're in the data business. Right. Um, so we're trying to figure out a way to, softly lay these things up so it was just memorial day say happy memorial day for christ's sake right and so like um, you know you, you talk about like who's in charge of what and what you're doing in an operational workflow and so 
uh, when we said happy Memorial Day, a veteran in Oregon um, raised his hand and said, oh yeah, I, I served. And then my poor guy in Mexico didn't pick up on something that every American would know to say, hey, thank you so very much for your service. I really appreciate that. And, and that SMS tone went the other direction as soon as we didn't have that human connection saying, hey, thank you so much for your service. We really appreciate you as a human. So, so like it, that is what the scripting is. It's just saying, hey, listen, I'm here. I'm here to uh, help you if you have a need. Can I be helpful? And, and it diffuses and disarms the majority of anger. How about let's walk through the uh, Facebook and the IG stuff. And you guys are like, this is uh, working in conjunction, like with all the messaging and the cold calling you're seeing. So walk us through how you guys are doing it. What's sort of the tone of the message? Well, imagine a beautiful, the perfect workflow from a technical perspective, which you would start all outbound marketing because that's the cheapest bang for the buck. And then you're pushing all of this marketing out, but then you're starting the interaction with your pixel, right? This might go to a level that we don't need to go to here, but people are interacting with you. They're landing on your website. And so now they're now the website is being recognized. And so this is all good for your business broadly from a very high level technical perspective. But in order to short fuse that process, I'm sure most of your audience is already aware of being able to take custom audience data, uploading data into Facebook and Instagram, and then saying, hey, listen, I only want to display my message on these specific people, right? So um, we'll talk about like some of the downsides of doing this or the data seepage problems that you have, but imagine being able to only put your message in front of the right people in the right time for really, really cheap in a way that isn't super aggressive. They're already scrolling through Facebook. So, so what we're trying to do is we're trying to communicate with these people from all platforms and it's really hard, right? Um, but when, when we hit them from the, the, the SMS side or the call side or the Facebook side or the mail side or the door knock side, we are trying to reference and humanize what we're doing and saying, we're really just trying to get a hold of you. Uh, if you're not going to sell your house ever, my bad, my marketing department's a real asshole, you know? Uh, so, so I'm sorry about that. And, and, and then, and then I hope you have a wonderful day and then you move on because you have a job to do. You're a realtor trying to help real estate, help, help, help people that own want to buy or sell real estate. Right. And to be very clear, if you guys are, you guys aren't pretending you're a cash buyer, like you either have a cash buyer or you are the cash buyer. Don't pull like any fake straw buying type stuff. You're like, just be no. legit. Like if you're going to do this, yeah. like be a cash buyer or go out and find one. And if you can't find a cash buyer in the wrong damn business, they're everywhere. everywhere. So many of them. Um, all right. So um, just to review, and I want to go into conversion really quick and then we'll get this wrapped. Um, so just to review, same people get data. You're on Facebook, some mailers, email, text, and social, and cold calling, and multiple channels to the same people and just hitting them from everywhere until they respond. Because that's all you're trying to do is get a response. Now, typically, when someone gets a lead, they're like, oh, what do you do with your autoresponders? And what do you do with all that? And there really isn't any of that here, right? You're, it, it, you're, the, the, the lead is, I want a cash offer. So it's not like there's automation that happens after somebody raises their hand, is there? No, no, there's not. I mean, so remember I own a data company and we try to build automation and everything, but no, absolutely not. You have to say as quickly as possible, like our guy in Mexico was out to lunch for an hour because it's a Mexican lunch, right? And so the, the uh, person on the other end of that text message got a text message just before he went to lunch and he hadn't gotten around to responding. And you can still 
like the conversation twist over to the other side. So sure. it, we're an autoresponder would just be so dehumanized again. We're just saying the same thing over and over and over, Mike. Uh, so with the, the autoresponder will dehumanize what's really happening and you really do want to talk. And so like these text messages can be cringeworthy, Mike, like, Ugh. Uh, you know, like the, the, the fuck offs are the nice ones. Um, you know, the, the people that, you know, are, are obviously having a bad day and then you spam them. Um, you know, there's, there's something to talk about there, but generally you humanize the situation. You say, Hey, listen, I, I appreciate everything that you're doing and uh, I wish you the best of luck and, and you move on. So it's, it's not on automation. It's not, you have to be willing to interact with humans and you, like realtors are so scared. I'm trying, I'm dancing around the topic, right? Realtors are scared of interacting with humans and, and they're scared of the fear of rejection. Everyone's scared of rejection, right? And it's, I hate, I own a call center. I hate the outbound calls, which is why I built a call center, you know? So, so you have to be ready to communicate with humans and that's it. That's the end of the story for scripting and texting and autoresponding. You just, just, so how many of your offers actually work for you when you do get the calls? Very few. Uh, so I'll give you numbers. So there's, there's a whole, so we're, we're trying to help the realtor, under, uh, the realtor industry understand the wholesale industry. Cause I'm also telling all the wholesalers, they need to go get the real estate license. Right. And I'm telling all the realtors that they need to understand the wholesale business. So, so uh, I sort of went down the rabbit hole. What was the question? <laughs> uh, how many of them turndowns are there? Because what no, do you do with so all many. So, so these, these guys, these wholesalers, they're, they're going through outbound calls. And in order for them to close one deal, the numbers for their Filipino, one guy's Filipino call center is between 110 and 160 listings are like a, a warm conversations, just like warm chats. That gets him one closed wholesale deal. Now, there's a lot of lead matriculation after that, right? And, and 160 is a lot of leads and that's bad performance from his Filipino call center compared to our Mexican call center. Mm -hmm. But one to 110 leads was the same guy's performance in the, his Mexican call center, right? So we're talking to 110 leads before we're able to close on one cash deal. But we're also generating 20 to 60,000 home seller leads a month off of instant offer web forms, right? And, and so when we're looking backwards in that data, we are seeing that one out of nine of those leads are actually interacting with some kind of, let's call it disruptive offer to use the same language, right? Cash offer, you know, all of these things that would be considered non-real estate agency listing or for sale by owner, then we'd see best case one out of 10 and all of them are generated off of that cash offer web form. And this is exactly um, where if you didn't listen to last week's podcast, that all comes in is that you could almost anticipate like if you, you have basically have a 10% or less chance of the deal working for the cash buyer, it doesn't mean people want to entertain it, but anyone who's entertaining a cash buyer, that's exactly where you flip them into one of your other options. Um, for example, someone, when they reject a cash buyer, it's usually because of money. Is that right? It's usually, yeah. like the yeah. not it's usually just straight up. Hey, no, it's not high enough. Great. Well, that's why I like having a fix and list program or just a regular listing because you could either a help them get there or B get there right away. And you have a solution for that. Um, there's so many different things, but I think you guys get what we're um, saying. And if not, we won't go through all the multiple options because that's a whole nother show. We did that last week. Go ahead and watch that show and you'll see that or listen to it. But um, that's really what this is. It's like, we're not, this is a, to me, this is a huge marketing ploy. Like if I'm going to lead gen, I'm going to lead gen motivated sellers and I'm going to market my database. And those are the only two things I'm doing. And I'm going to have a really successful business. It's nothing crazy about that. And um, it's really all it is guys. Like put your offer. If you want listings, 
follow what the investors do, follow what guys like Dustin does, just have offers to service them. Because what do you, how does the realtors who do bring you deals? Um, if you're flipping it, they get the listing on the back end or like, Definitely. I mean, that's, that's usually, that's always... usually standard practice, you know? Everybody pays, baby. Everybody pays. You want to know what that realtor is bringing to me? So much value because I have money. I got a place. If my money's sitting in the bank account, I got a really big problem, right? So like, hey, who can I pay to bring me a deal? And and how much do I have to pay? So, you know, of course, uh, uh, we have a, a, a great opportunity for realtors to make a lot of money on the front end. And then we're all realtors, right? So we have a smaller deal on the back end, but that realtor is getting three or four deals, buyers and sellers and other opportunities out of that thing. So it's, it's, it's the back scratching what makes the world go round. So become best friends with like me times as many of me as you possibly can in your market. And, and you will never and work hard and all the other things you got to do. Uh, uh, but you'll be able to pull off this game um, with some kind of reasonable stability because there will always be investors looking to transact. I would rather work with one investor that does 20 deals a year than work with 20 different buyers. Um, any day, every day. Um, folks, thanks for listening. If you guys liked what you heard here today, um, check out our course. Uh, we cover all this stuff. It's sort of broken down into two forms, but uh, first half is just showing you the multiple offers, um, how to get your head around it and how do you enact and adapt it. But not only is all the sales materials, like a listing presentation, video scripts, all that other stuff in there. Um, all Dustin stuff is in there too. Um, this is not, it's not rocket science, you guys, but there is an opportunity. It's a huge opportunity. My belief is that every brokerage will have some sort of fix and list program or every brokerage is going to have to have some alternative offering going forward. The, the interruptions here and I just think it's here to stay. So it's a matter of whether or not what you guys are going to do about it. Um, check this stuff out, man. There's a ton of opportunity in this and it's really, really, really exciting because uh, with interruption comes opportunity if you see it. If not, you go out of business. Um, either sink or swim is what they like to say. And I think that's just where the industry's at um, more or less right now. So Dustin, any other final thoughts? No, I just love the fact that you're saying there's so much opportunity because there's so much opportunity and, and the market is going to change very quickly. Like a lot of the realtors, they don't understand what the other side of the coin looks like, right? I've been doing this since 2003. So we've seen the cycles and the big booms and busts. And so we're going through a big, big boom. We've been in a seller's market since 2012, right? Yeah. That's 2000. <laughs> it's been a great opportunity to buy all the way since 2012. So today, is, is another reason why you have the opportunity to disrupt, you know, create an opportunity in the market. And, and that's what this is. And so, you know, it's a sink or swim game. It's absolute that realtors are, are having a harder time interacting with their customer base and finding these deals, but it's because they're not positioning themselves properly, which is where Wall Street and Silicon Valley thinks that they can come in and take our money, but let's fight back. Right. So that's that's what I'm here to say is that you need to have the tools and the technology and the knowledge in order to fight what the disruptors already know, because everyone's looking for the low hanging fruit to stabilize their business to build on top. Yep, absolutely. Well, thank you, folks, for listening to another episode of Real Estate Marketing Dude. You can visit if you're interested in taking that course, you can do so. Learn more about it at listingadvocate.com. You can also visit us at Real Estate Marketing Dude. If you're interested in getting your video content done, you're trying to create content and build your personal brand. We will script, edit, and distribute your video content for you. So get there, um, check out our site, and check out the blog. And thanks for leaving us reviews. Follow us on social, YouTube, Facebook, IG. I'll eventually get to TikTok, and that's it. All right, guys, we'll see you next week and uh, another episode. Thanks for listening. Talk to you later. Thank Bye -bye. you, Mike. 
Thank you for watching another episode of the Real Estate Marketing Dude Podcast. If you need help with video or finding out what your brand is, visit our website at www.realestatemarketingdude.com. We make branding and video content creation simple and do everything for you. So if you have any additional questions, visit the site, download the training, and then schedule time to speak with a dude and get you rolling in your local marketplace. Thanks for watching another episode of the podcast. We'll see you next time.